it going, everybody? Welcome to Trail Tales, episode number 134. My name is Kyle O'Grady. I am a thru-hiker. I am a backpacker. I am a huge hiking nerd. And every single week on this podcast, I chat with other thru-hikers, other backpackers, other hiking nerds about their experiences on the trail. Folks, the show is on fire, let me tell you. We've just had banger episodes after banger episodes I'm so, so proud of the way that this one came out. My guest this week is Dr. Morgan Bronznahan, and she is a physical therapist that travels up and down the PCT treating hikers. She's also a thru-hiker herself, and guys, I tell this whole story at the beginning of the episode, but I'll just spoil it a little bit here. Morgan saved my thru-hike. We'll, we'll leave it at that for now. And, well, really, you're going to hear it in just a minute because we're about to get into it. But if you haven't done so already, go follow her on Instagram. It's at BlazePhysio. Go check out her website, BlazePhysio.com. And we don't even need to do any plugs. I'm just so excited about this one. I want you guys to hear it. So let's get into it. Episode number 134 with Dr. Morgan Bronznahan. I am so excited for this episode. So I need to, before I introduce my amazing guest, I need to tell a little bit of a story on how we, I don't want to say how we met because we never actually met in person, but how we, um, yeah, let me just tell the story. So on the PCT this past year, actually, even before I started the PCT this past year, Uh, About a month before I started when I was training, I noticed that I was having an issue with my right foot and the pain wasn't excruciating. It wasn't like super bad pain. So at first I thought, oh, I probably just was going a little bit too hard. I'll just give myself a week um, without running and hiking and it should be just fine. And I did that. I rested for about a week and after that week, the pain was still there. It, again, it wasn't bad pain. It really was not that bad at all. It was just kind of like a nagging thing. But after a week of resting, I started to get concerned because it hadn't gone away. And so I kind of continued on. Um, I didn't train quite as hard, but I still had to get ready for this hike. And so May 15th rolls around. Flossie and I are starting the PCT. And the pain's still there. It hasn't really gotten worse but it's still there and I'm freaking out. I'm not going to lie guys. Uh, for those that watched the PCT videos, um, and especially watched the videos leading up to the PCT, I think I only mentioned it in one video leading up to the PCT, but I was freaking out about this stupid foot. I was like, I didn't even do anything. Like it just started hurting out of nowhere. I rested it. It's not getting better. Um, I was really nervous, but I hoped that I could just get out there and hike it off. And because you never know, you know, things, things, weird things happen with your body when you're through hiking. And so I get out there, we start going, the first hundred miles go by and it is not getting better. In fact, it does kind of feel like it's getting a little bit worse. And I'm starting to Google and trying to diagnose what the issue is which I should not have done because I came to the conclusion that what was going on with my foot was peroneal, I think is how you say it, tendinitis. And so I'm reading all this stuff about 
peroneal tendonitis and I'm reading that like if you don't fix it and you don't rest it, it can get way worse and you can cause all this like permanent damage and you could need surgery and all this stuff. I'm trying everything I can. I have a massage ball. I'm using KT tape. I'm doing stretches. Um, I'm taking ibuprofen. I'm hiking slow. I'm taking lots of breaks. I felt like I was holding myself back. I felt like I was holding Flossie back. It really sucked. I'm trying everything. I cannot get this issue to go away or even get any better. And so a little bit before the town of Idlewild, which I want to say maybe we were like 150 miles in. I can't remember exactly. I'm getting desperate. And I had noticed that this account called Blaze Physio had followed me on Instagram. And I kind of just like scoped around the page a little bit um, when it followed me. And I learned that this page was a hiking specific physical therapist. And I was like, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm the kind of person, I'm a little bit stubborn. Like, I don't really want to have somebody else help me, especially I don't want to pay for help unless I really, really need it. So when I finally decided to reach out to uh, Morgan, who I'm going to bring in in just a second, it was kind of like a, a it was kind of out of desperation. I'm not going to lie. Um and I didn't really have high hopes either. Not not because I didn't have any reason to believe that Morgan was going to do a good job, but just because I'm just stubborn. And we got on the call, and wow, that shit saved my through hike. And I don't say that lightly. Morgan was able to correctly diagnose what the issue was. I was wrong. Um... She was able to give me some stretches and exercises to actually help the issue. And she was able to refer me to another physical therapist a few towns up the trail that was able to actually do a adjustment and fix my problem, which was cuboid syndrome. And it totally turned my hike around. Uh, and it's crazy because I thought I was going to have to leave the trail less than 200 miles in or around 200 miles in. And I didn't. And I... I'm not just trying to flatter my guest. Genuinely, I think that Blaze Physio, Dr. Morgan Brosnahan, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I like genuinely think that Blaze Physio, Dr. Morgan Brosnahan saved my through hike. So without further ado, Morgan, thank you so much for joining the show. And um, I don't know, that was, I just... I just did a lot of flattering there, but I mean all that. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, I mean, we could end right here. That sounded great. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not the first person to tell you that you've uh, you've saved someone's through hike. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I mean, I am fortunate to have heard that a few times. And that, that really means a lot to me because that was my goal when I set out with if I can save one person's hike, if they can have that experience that I had, get everything out of a through hike, that will be pretty cool. Hell yeah. So um, I want to get into your story and, you know, start at the beginning, how you learned about through hiking and all, and all that stuff. But real quick, I think just to give some context, um, can you just briefly explain what Blaze Physio is? And then we can get into some of the history um, and all that as the as the show goes on. But what is blaze physio why am i giving you these these high compliments so blaze physio is a mobile and a telehealth rehab for through hikers 
And right now I'm mobile on the Pacific Crest Trail. So this year I'm going to start and end a little bit earlier and later. So I'm out longer, but I'll be out March 1st on the PCT and then out as late as October. I'm going to follow some of the Sobos a little more this year than I did this past season. Um, And then I do telehealth as well for people on the PCT, definitely. And then I have a lot of licenses for Appalachian Trail states, a couple on the CDT, uh, the Florida Trail, um, potentially getting the Long Trail and the Colorado Trail as well. So I can virtually help hopefully a big chunk of the hiking community right when they need it. That is so awesome. So essentially, it's just a mobile hiking specific, I don't know, physical therapy practice for the lack of a better word. Is that a fair way to sum it up, you think? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, sometimes I see people who aren't through hikers, they're more like day hikers or weekenders, but like their big goal is hiking. And then sometimes just people that I know that have orthopedic mm-hmm. things that, you know, fit under the scope of physical therapy, you don't have to be a hiker. But that's where I feel my hiking experience and my background and just like where I've pursued uh, you know, research and continuing knowledge is all to help the unique demands of what your body goes through on a through hike because it is different. Yeah, it is. I think it's such a good idea for a business. Um, like, I can't believe that no one else, I can't believe that I didn't think of this. I don't, I'm not even like, obviously I don't know shit about physical therapy. I couldn't even diagnose myself, but like, um, it's just such a good idea it's it's a service that is so in demand and you know doing it out of a van and actually being able to travel up and down the trail just it's perfect for it's perfect for through hiking um okay so let's let's take a step back morgan so you not only are you a physical therapist but you are also a through hiker and obviously that has a lot to do with i think how you got into this this business in the first place. So how did you first learn about through hiking? So I started just backpacking. I think like a lot of people do where, you know, I did an overnighter and then I did multi-nighters and then, you know, just started snowballing from there. I did my first 70 mile, like through hike in Pennsylvania. And I was like, okay, yeah, (laughs) I'm loving this. And so then I started looking at bigger deals and, I did the long trail in uh, September of 2018 and I was already kind of thinking that, you know, head, yeah, right. I was already thinking I was going to head to the PCT in that spring, but I was like, let me get, you know, a month long trip and see if I even like this day after day. And I always say, if you still like through hiking after doing the long trail, you're set because that trail will beat, beat you down. Like it was just wet. I fell all the time. I was cold. (laughs) And it was beautiful and I just, I've still, I still wanted to do it. So I was like, I should be set mentally for the PCT. I love it. So then I went out on the PCT in 19. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I totally cut you off there. Um, uh, I love it when people that you've never had, I've never had this conversation with Morgan before. I, I love it when somebody says a very specific thing that you have also been saying for a long time. And like, it's 100% the same, uh, Morgan, I threw hiked the long trail in 2016 as kind of like a prep for the AT and also to kind of be like, you know, is this really something I want to do? Kind of exactly like what you just said there. 
And I've always I've always said that if you can through hike the long trail, you can do one of the the longer ones too, like the AT or the PCT, one hundred percent. So I think that's so awesome. Um, man, the long it's such a it's such a great. Sorry, we're, I'm totally going off track here, but I'm from Vermont. Like I grew up hiking on the long trail and stuff. That's like kind of where I first got into backpacking, and so like I love that trail. So I'm really excited that that's part of your story. Um, but I kind of cut you off there. So you said you went and did the PCT in 2019. Yeah, yeah, I went in April. I want to say April 14th was my start date. It was like 13th or 14th, and then um, we had a high snow year in 19. So. I ended up doing a flip-flop hike because I have hiked in snow and I don't love it. So I wasn't <laughs> about to do anything I didn't love. So I, I hiked Kenny Meadows South and then, uh, you know, then southbound essentially the rest of the hike. And then um, it was just great. And none of it went according to plan, but all of it was better than I imagined. Oh, that's such a good way to put it. Um, when, when did you... I guess, see, this is where I'm going to sound like an idiot. I don't even know how to phrase this. Um, when did you, like, go to college and, like, study to become a physical therapist? Oh, yeah. So, I did four years of undergrad, and then I did three years of grad school, and I finished in 2017. So, right now, at the time of this episode, I've been a PT for five years. Okay. So, so through hiking came after... Um, you know, all your education and kind of, I don't know, getting these credentials to start your quote career. I think that's, see, I wasn't sure what the order was there. If like you had through hiked before or like even during somehow all of this studying and stuff. Cause I mean, that's a lot of school, but through hiking was something you discovered afterwards. <laughs> so you could probably see where I'm going with this. What I'm really trying to get at is kind of figuring out when the initial idea for Blaze Physio kind of came into question, can you talk about that like initial history? Yeah. How did you think of this idea? Was there a moment? Because again, I think it's such a genius idea. Um, was there a moment? Was there a specific uh, circumstance that made you think of it? Or was it something that kind of just over time you came to? Can you just talk about like that initial history? Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of those, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever read the book, The Alchemist, but this is very much like the little omens in my life just kind of adding up. So, like, I finished school in 17, and then I right away just started working like crazy because I wanted to work for eight months and then start hiking. So I took jobs at, I was a, a PRN, which just means, like, as needed. So I could work, you know, more than 40 hours a week doing that. And so I worked at um, a traditional physical therapy clinic and a trauma hospital and an inpatient rehab all at the same time. And Oof. I did that five to seven days a week. For, for, yeah, I learned so much though, because I didn't do much acute care in school. And that was like a heavy dose at a trauma hospital, but it actually really made a difference in the way I see uh, injuries. And so I did that for eight months and just saved as much money as I could, moved into my van for a month and then got out on the long trail. And after the long trail, I did a travel assignment to bridge the gap between the end of that hike and the start of the Pacific Crest Trail. And I lived in my van during the travel assignment. So it was like, these little things started lining up where I had already started living in a van, um, pre hiking, and then I got into hiking. And then the two kind of 
made each other feel more luxurious. Like oh, yeah. being outside all the time made it feel so spacious compared to being in my van, but then being in the van felt so luxurious compared to having <laughs> just a tent. So I really, it was like this nice balance going back and forth. And then after the, the PCT, I mean, on trail for the PCT, you would think that would be where I was like, I can do this right now, but that was not how it went. I okay, just, interesting. That's kind of what I would have assumed. People really yeah. injured. Yeah, I mean, I just was like wanting to hike. You know, I I had just worked so hard for the last year to make the money that I was like excited about taking a little break. And I noticed people were injured, and I noticed people were getting really bad advice, and like going to you know these small town clinics and doctors and you know, them telling them, well, you have to just stop doing this because they're so confused by the big physical feat that they're undertaking. Because if you have to explain what a thru-hike is to the provider trying to help you, there's a really good chance that they're not going to give you good help because they're going to be, like anyone who's first hearing about a thru-hike, so daunted by the task that their most immediate impulses are going to tell you to stop because they're going to think that that's bad for you. And it's not. And so I saw that a lot. And and I think I just kind of internalized that and it stewed a bit later to make this idea. But I did help um, one hiker specifically at when Hiker Heaven was still a thing in 2019. I helped her with her shin pain, which really feels like foreshadowing for the copious amount of shin pain I've now treated. (laughs) But I helped her and ran into her... uh, you know, clear up in Washington, um, she had not flipped and I had flipped. So our paths were different. So, um, I ran up into her or ran into her up in Washington and she was like, Oh my God, like my shin got better. Like, thank you so much for your help. And, you know, felt like I really saved her hike. And so that, that was the first time that, you know, kind of concept you said of being able to save someone's hike. And I was like, wow, I didn't even think I had that kind of like potential to save someone's hike that's really cool and so I kind of just really took that moment for what it was and was like wow cool I did something nice for someone and then I tried to do a a telehealth practice because I really wanted the van life more than the blaze physio life (laughs) after trail that's what I was trying to do and so I've, I've I went after trail did all the research for telehealth Um, nobody at that point was really doing telehealth. And I was like, this is a really good opportunity. I'll just have a general practice that's telehealth. And then I can travel in my van and do what I want. And then COVID hit. And overnight, every pre-existing established clinic with a base did telehealth. Yeah. Like literally overnight, everyone was a telehealth expert. And I was like, well, so that was bad. So COVID was actually kind of, or the circumstances surrounding COVID then was actually kind of bad for your business. Well, so in some ways it was good because it redirected me because I wasn't trying to treat hikers with this telehealth practice. I just wanted to have a general practice that was telehealth so I could travel in my van and treat people in, yeah. the, in everyday populations because yeah. telehealth wasn't wasn't really prominent in this space. Uh-huh. And so, then COVID hit and they got saturated. And I was like, well, I can't compete with these like so yeah, huge companies that now have telehealth. That makes total sense to me. I, I wasn't sure which way it was going to go because on one hand, again, I don't know anything about the medical industry. Because um, I was like, on one hand, when COVID hits, all of a sudden, and I, I know this this happened because it actually happened to me. Um, I was like, oh, well, maybe it would have helped her because now there's a lot more people that are you know rescheduling what would have been in-person appointments to 
to be uh you know telehealth instead but it totally makes sense now that you're saying it that like since everyone else started doing it that definitely would like oversaturate things and make it a lot trickier that that makes sense yeah because originally being telehealth that was the niche but then when everyone was doing it now you had to find your niche in telehealth so Mm. that's what kind of pushed me towards blaze I started, I, I ended up moving to Arizona just to get out of the winter. And I was working at a senior living facility because um, my other like favorite population is like people over 90. And so I was working there for a year and a half and I was, I ran that clinic. Like it had no patients when I got there and then a wait list when I left. And so I knew I could run a clinic. And so then, you know, all these things just like started to, to shape over time. And I was like, you know what? hiking season's back on COVID has calmed down people are going to be on trail in 2022 and i'm just going to meet them there i have learned you know these tangible skills of running a business i do know the telehealth stuff i have the van i'm just going to go out there and i'm going to help them where they are and see how it goes and i just you know i got enough of a savings account that i treated it like i was going on a through hike so it was like if i don't make a dollar I know I can stay out all summer. Yeah. And at very least I will have saw, like seen this through and had, you know, a fun time. Yeah. So that was kind of my attitude going into it. And how did it go? It went so good. <laughs> Which doesn't surprise me at all. Um okay. We don't I don't want to like talk about like the money thing too much, but I just I just because of your comments there, I have to ask like I hope you didn't just run through your entire savings like most people do on a through hike. I hope you still were able to make a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah. So it actually ended up being pretty comparable to just working my normal job. Awesome. That was pretty cool. That is so cool. I'm so glad to hear that, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, when I started the first three weeks, I didn't even set prices. I just just did donation-based so that way I could kind of get a sense of what, you know, what in this community afford mm-hmm. and then you know weigh that against what i think it's worth and then um and also just take into account that i i don't want through hiking and being successful at a through hike to be um just reserved for people with more privilege so people with big bank accounts it should we should get all levels of people through hiking and but and so i wanted to be a part of that kind of flexible budget and so after i did donation based and that was sustainable even for a few weeks then i decided you know i got to set a range so that way people are comfortable because sometimes people would be like oh i don't know i mean i'll pay yeah, you whatever i just don't know yeah. what to pay you and so i was like so i was like i'll give i'll do a sliding scale so then after that i went on um i set telehealth so telehealth was affordable so people would use it because i knew telehealth would make people go oh can she help with telehealth so i was like i'm gonna make it a no-brainer because the price is not too high and then people will utilize it and i can help more people and then i did in-person stuff which is a little more involved on a sliding scale and it always worked out with this community if i when i tell this to people who are you know different kinds of business owners or even under like pt practice owners that i treat people on a sliding scale they literally look at me like I have six heads, <laughs> but I just go, <laughs> so you know, awesome. I, I, I have faith in this community and it works out fine. You know, some people pay the low end, some people pay the high end. One time someone's mom Venmoed me a hundred dollars just out of the blue because she was like, I think it's really cool that you're helping people and like, thanks for helping my daughter. 
And so it's like, at the end of the day, I am, it's sustainable for me because the community kind of takes care of me and then I can take care of them. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like your pricing was one of the first things that stood out to me. And honestly, was probably a big reason why I was willing to kind of take that risk. I, if I recall, um, our, our telehealth uh, call was, we talked for about an hour, although there wasn't like a time constraint. I'm sure you would have gone longer if if need be. Um, and I think it was $40, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's 40. I'll probably do 45 this year just to help with gas a little bit more, but yeah. it'll never be like way more than that so yeah. it's like 40 45 you know not much more cheaper than a hotel so it's like if it saves you a zero it's like you know i hope that people rationalize it like okay it's it's worth checking out it's like it's like the cost of a copay that is such a good that's a honestly the fact that i paid 40 dollars to get you know the help that pretty much saved my through hike like i said it was well worth it and so that's actually one of the things i wanted to uh, I had in my notes here was to talk about the pricing a little bit because th- just everything about your your business is just so perfectly catered towards through hikers. Um, so when I first, you know, was thinking about maybe reaching out to you while I was at the beginning of the PCT, one of the first thoughts that came into my head was just physical therapy. It's going to be expensive. Anything medical, it's going to be expensive. Um, and so I was like, I don't know, like. I was like, I don't think it'll be worth it. But I looked into it and I saw that it was only $40 for a telehealth. And I was like, oh, that's... And and I could pay over Venmo too. There's no insurance. There's no nonsense, you know, bills back and forth. Like, it was just super easy. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that's such a good price. That's such an affordable price. Like, what do I have to lose? Um, And then you, you... talked a little bit about the sliding scale for an actual in-person um you know i don't know what you want to call it appointment or whatever um what what was like the sliding scale like the prices specifically for in-person so for sliding scale i did 50 to 100 and it was and when people would ask like okay well what do you think and i just feel like it's not it's not a high pressure sale so i'm telling you it's 50 to 100 and anything you want to pay in that range is 100% fine with me. Mm-hmm. It, I wouldn't tell you that range if it wasn't. So then people felt comfortable if 50 was what they had, then they paid 50. And then I also had um, help a hiker spots, which um, it was just this concept of being able to help people for free, but not making them feel like they owe me something. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people would utilize the help a hiker slot and, the premise behind it is that I sell these stickers that are, you know, 40 bucks. And so this will help, this will cover um, an in-person or a telehealth. And even though it's less than my sliding scale, the idea is that I am also agreeing to help this hiker. So they're putting up, somebody is putting up part of the financial part to keep me sustained. And then I'm putting up the time part um, to sort of bridge that gap. And so I sell those stickers and I know a lot of people from my hometown bought them before I got on trail, which was sweet. Nice. And, you know, I don't really even like keep track of them because if somebody, like if somebody is going to ask for help a hiker and I'm like, you know, maybe I only had, let's just say for math, like I only had 10 help a hiker stickers or something that were bought. If the 11th person asked for a help a hiker, I'm going to give it to them. Mm -hmm. And it's just one of those things that's again, like, specific to this community like nobody abused it and the people i was able to use it for 
um, you know, were people who were not staying in towns. They were, or they had trail ending injuries. And I was able to say like, hey, this don't worry about paying me for this. Like you've got other expenses. You're going to have to get a plane ticket home. Um, you know, don't let this be part of your stress. And I could say wow. it's covered because it's a help a hiker. So they don't, they don't feel that like, oh, like, yeah. you know, she just ate the cost of this. It's like, no, someone else, someone else paid it forward. So you're, you, I got you. We got you. And so that, that was another kind of side of the payment scale. Genius, genius, Morgan. I'm telling you, so smart, <laughs> like perfectly catered to, to this community. Um, good for beneficial for you beneficial for them like you've obviously put a lot of thought like even just the fact that you're you know worried not maybe not worried that's not the right word you're just being mindful of maybe how some people might be um you're how some people might not feel good if they can't afford to pay it and like you have this this separate fund to help cover that to alleviate some of that stress for them both financially and you know worrying about um you know not paying you like it's just it's so so awesome um but not only is the pricing good the the service is good too and so we're going to talk about that a little bit and i actually want to start by talking about or bringing going back to something you mentioned a few minutes ago yeah so a few minutes ago you mentioned how on your pct hike you you know heard stories from a number of hikers that went to see quote traditional physical therapists and they were basically told to just stop their hike in order to to you know, make things better to treat things. And that's one thing that I was really worried about. So when I was kind of wrestling with like, okay, should I actually see a physical therapist? Um, that, yeah, I was worried about that. I was worried like, cause I, I had been to various, maybe not physical therapists, but I'd been to a few podiatrists uh, in years past, not on a through hike, um, just in regular life, but you know, hiking related aches and pains. And every time, it was only two times, I think, that I went. Two different ones, but they both were useless. Like, they just told me, oh, you're young, just rest, and you'll be fine. And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, it'd be nice to have some answers and not just be told I have... To. I mean, like, I get it. Like, sometimes, like, you do have to just rest and let it heal, but, like, I don't know. Um, but anyways, I was worried about that. I was worried if I go see a normal physical therapist, they're just going to be like, I know what to do, just stop hiking, which... <laughs> Maybe that would be effective to rest it, but that's not what I wanted to do. I was on a through hike, you know, I'd quit my job to do this. And so I don't know. I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I'm going to have you elaborate on this a little bit more if you wouldn't mind, because I just, I just feel like that's probably one of the benefits, the biggest benefits of seeing someone who's hiking specific, you know, when it comes to physical therapy. Um, yeah, can you just elaborate on that a little bit? And like, what are some of the other benefits you think for hikers specifically to see you rather than a traditional physical therapist? Yeah, for sure. So I will say that a lot of the ones telling people to stop or to wear a boot or do all these other crazy things, it was a lot of doctors. And that that is kind of just a problem in this country in general. We have some great doctors. It's like any profession, but we also have some some crappy ones and you know rehab professionals so like physical therapists some chiropractors um just people in the rehab space we are the ones that understand that you need to move you need to move through injury you need to move around injury and you know we have the medical model that's really telling people to stop moving and 
in this country, there's such a lack of movement problem, not a movement problem. So it's, it's very fear-based. And, um, you know, at this point, I don't really think there is a big excuse to not know better and do better. And that's just like my soapbox on that in general. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Um, and, but- and I'm glad you clarified <laughs> what I said there too. I, I guess I was, I kept saying other physical therapists, traditional physical therapists, but I'm glad you kind of clarified that, that maybe it's more just regular doctors, not so much physical therapists in general. Yeah. And I mean, it honestly, though, it can be some PTs too. So again, just like there's good and bad doctors, there's, you know, good and bad rehab professionals. So, you know, for when it comes to like picking a therapist, you know, if you're having rock climbing injuries, right? Like I'm not the physical therapist for you because I don't rock climb, you know, I've been rock climbing, but I don't really understand the demands. I don't feel them. And, you know, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not my wheelhouse. And, but if you're through hiking, I know exactly what your body's going through. I know that it's going to hurt and that pain in a lot of cases, is just information. Pain isn't always, doesn't always equal harm. And, you know, so if you're not working with a professional that, that participates in and understands your sport and your activity, um, they're just missing a big piece of the puzzle. And, and so that's where a lot of that like fear-based advice comes from where, you know, I, I saw a lot of hikers after they had already gone to um, like going to the emergency room is really common on the PCT because there is not a lot of um, like small practices, either like PT offices, chiropractors, doctors, there's just like more hospitals than anything. And, and especially mm-hmm. with the international crowd, their insurance covers going to the hospital, but it doesn't cover going to a primary care doctor. So a lot of people going to the hospital with foot pain um, getting an x-ray that they may have not needed, um, being given an ankle brace or a boot, and a generic printout on um, plantar fasciitis 90% of the time, and um, <laughs> which is really frustrating because plantar fa- I've, I have one hiker yeah. that had uh, pain on the top of his foot and he got a plantar fasciitis handout. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense. That's just basic anatomy. Oh, um, man. So, what a joke. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so just things like that. But, you know, one of the things that I think frustrates me um, and points to wanting to to see a provider that understands the demands and also someone that's just keeping up with the research is just that a lot of the injuries I saw were tendinitis or tendinopathy was more the language we use now, but, um, you know, some issue with the tendon. And the advice that is given out of the medical system is rest so rest ice elevation compression and sets and that is the worst advice on a tendon like every piece of that is bad and we know with tendon problems that you know if you don't load it you won't heal it and with through hikers when you give them bad advice that's just pure rest you've basically just given them nothing because all they're going to do is yeah. just now can they're just not they're not going gonna rest right they're gonna go well i'm not doing that so i guess i'm just gonna keep hiking and see what happens but now they're hiking without tools to actually manage it so that's where there's that disservice being given where it's like if if we change that conversation to hey you might need to take a day or two off just to put the fire out but when you get going again i need you to stop every two hours and do this or um you know we need to adjust this about your 
your pack or your shoes or your the way you're walking because I want you to keep going and manage as you go so this hat can heal in the context of movement. So, you know, that's where I mm-hmm. hope that's where I hope everybody heads like as professionals, like but it doesn't just end up being, you know, this niche crowd where through hikers and 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 I'm working with them and we all get it and we're all on the same page. I hope this like trickles out into the regular population because we have to stop telling people to stop doing the things they love, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's I think it's so awesome. Um it's just it's just a perfect service. Okay. Uh so Obviously, you know, hearing all that, like we want to find ways that we can treat while allowing people to continue hiking. But I remember just one question I thought of actually back after we had our appointment, like before I was even thinking about this in terms of a podcast, um, I remember just thinking to myself, I was like, I wonder if sometimes or how often this happens where she, you know, gets a patient where she actually does have to tell them that they need to rest and they can't continue to hike. Um, how, how often does that happen? Um, it happens. It's not, it's not that common. Um, somebody just asked me the other day how many I thought it was. And I'm sure of at least seven, but I I know it was less than 20 and it's mostly, yeah, it's, so it's not as bad as you'd think. Right. So it's, um, you know, very small percentage. And, you know, I take that kind of information really seriously because, or like that responsibility seriously, because I'm going to end someone's dream. Right. So that is the bad side of this is, you know, I love, you know, you get in this high where you get to just keep helping people and keeping them on trail and everything's going great. And then there is some, some injuries that just can't be pushed through. And so it's like a big responsibility to deliver that information to that person and and but i try really hard to deliver it without uh, without my feelings because there's this like moment before when i've figured out what the injury is there's this moment before i tell them where i know their hike is over and they don't yet and (laughs) so it's like Mm -hmm. oh you're about to just crush them but you know the just giving it to them very factual and concise typically makes it easier to swallow because there's no uncertainty in my diagnosis. So, so there's no uncertainty in what they need to do next. Um, and, you know, the ones that end trails are fractures most often. And then um, compartment syndrome, I only saw twice, but it's, it's very serious. And then there's a, some nerve issues that just have a hard time being pushed through. So, you know, lots of management things and with nerve stuff, it's like, you try and if it keeps failing then you know we know we have to take off these stressors but you know the the compartment syndrome and the fractures it's it's a no-brainer and tears you know like if you tear your knee things like that so those things are all pretty cut and dry and it's a tough thing to have to to tell somebody that their hike is over but it is definitely part of it yeah definitely especially because as a through hiker yourself, you just understand like how crushing that could be. Um, and I think it's great because obviously, as we talked about there, like your goal is to keep people on the trail, but of course, sometimes, you know, it sounds like fairly rarely, actually that, that was less people than I would have thought to be honest. Um, but yeah, rarely there are circumstances where an injury does actually have to rest. I, I just wanted to make that clear too, because I was going on about how, you know, 
like, oh, you don't just have to rest. Like physical therapists just tell you to rest. Um, like obviously there is sometimes where where you have to. Um, okay, so let's 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 say that somebody schedules a telehealth appointment with you. This might sound like a basic question for some people, but honestly, I was wondering about this. And actually, I remember um, asking you some questions about this before we actually did our uh, our telehealth call. Um, what can a hiker expect? Let's say they're fairly early on in their through hike, like I was, and they're having some problem. They don't really know what it what it is, and they're going to schedule this call. Um, what can they expect before the call and during the call? You know, generally speaking, obviously it's going to depend a little bit, but generally speaking. Yeah, so the process is usually, it looks something like this. I'll get a message that's, hey, Morgan, I, or hey, Blaze, <laughs> whatever name I'm, I'm trending by. And, you know, hey, Blaze, <laughs> I'm having a pain in my foot. I'm on the PCT. Um, are you in X town? And then if I am in that town, I'll say, yeah, I'll be here until whatever day. Are you here? And then we'll figure out a time to meet in person. Um, if I'm not in that town, I'd be like, no, you know, and I don't plan to be there anytime soon. You want to do telehealth. And then from there, I send the same set of forms, regardless of in-person or telehealth. And then they're just, they're, you know, through hiker injury specific. So it's not just like your normal office intake papers that ask generic questions. It's like, you know, what mile did your symptoms start? What shoes are you wearing? Um, do you have these different symptoms? That kind of stuff. And so they fill those out. So I kind mm-hmm. of have an idea before I come or before I meet with them what might be going on. And then um, we meet and like this this past season, um, I actually used Instagram video and I'm pretty sure that's how we did our call for a lot of my telehealth yeah. calls. Yeah, it was. Because it was just an app that everybody already had and that's usually where they had I had gotten the message from anyway. So it just kept everything in one place and made it simple. Um, this year I'm going to probably transition to using my, uh, EMR, my medical record system, um, for all my telehealth calls and just to, just to kind of centralize my process a little bit, take a little bit of, cause I had moments where it was like, (laughs) I had to hunt down my telehealth calls for the day because it was like, all right, well, this one's on WhatsApp. This one's on Facebook messenger. This one's on Instagram. Yeah. And so it just it was just giving me more work than I needed. So I want to free up a little bit more of my time. So I'm just gonna unify that process. So everything will be on uh, Jane app is what it's called, um, which is just like basically the same process as if you had to download Zoom. So you get on there, make your account, um, fill out your forms, do the video call, and then you can pay, you know, with Venmo, PayPal, or right through Jane app using a credit card, and that'll help too with some of the international hikers because that was something I learned that I had no reason to know before I got on trail that international hikers don't have them though um oh yeah I didn't even and there was a lot of them in 2022 there's a lot of international hikers oh yeah I think because of the COVID stuff that like two years worth of international hikers just like pent up and went out in 2022 so (laughs) but that was really (laughs) cool yeah there was a lot of them which was really cool yeah yeah I think like 50% of the people I treated were probably international, which is such a unique experience to like be treating people all over the world. I mean, that's like, it's just a fun, fun little nuance to this. And I mean, I had, I had people that were, they spoke like very little English. And so we're using Google translate, <laughs> you know, to figure out their shin pain, you know? So that was kind of a fun challenge. Yeah, definitely. That's, 
That's so cool. Um, <laughs> what what would you say are like some of the most common injuries that you were treating? Uh, you know, among PCT hikers last year. So as like an overarching thing, tendonitis, um, but more specifically, um, tendon issues in the ankle, like anterior tib tendon and uh, Achilles tendon and posterior tib. Those three tendons by and large dominated the tendon problem uh, category. And then um, some kind of like more nonspecific knee pains and um, some foot pain like metatarsalgia, um, a handful of cuboid issues like you had. And I don't know if you remember from our call, mm-hmm. but when you had that issue, part of the reason I could figure it out immediately was because I had cuboid issues on my hike. And if same thing, I got 500 miles in, I thought my foot was broken and thought my hike was over until I just like took a deep breath and assessed my own foot. Cause it's really hard to look at your own body objectively. Like it, 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 I'm not my best PT for myself because I'm, you know, the same fear and panic sets in. Interesting. Yeah, the same, the yeah. same fear and panic sets in that it sets in for hikers. And that's why I feel like I can really understand where everyone's headspace is because, you know, here I am with a head full of knowledge on injuries and my foot hurts and my whole brain is erased in that moment. I'm like, it's broken. It's got to be broken because that's the worst case scenario. (laughs) I wonder wonder if maybe having, this is total speculation, but I wonder if maybe having all that knowledge would make it worse for yourself because instead of being like, what the hell is wrong? Like you just start racing and you've got all these different problems that it could be based on your, you know, your experience. Um, and I don't know if, if that would make it worse at all. That's interesting, though. I was I almost made a comment uh, earlier in the beginning of the episode when you were talking about your PCT hike. I almost made a comment being like, oh, like, that must be so nice because, like, you're, you basically have your own personal physical therapist and it's you. But, like, <laughs> I guess it's not quite as, uh, <laughs> as simple as that, huh? Yeah, I mean, well, once I, like, got out of my own head, I did, like, objectively assess my foot. I had to just, like, pretend it was attached to somebody else and then I you know I poked around on my cuboid and I was like okay I've got cuboid syndrome and I taught my uh someone in my trail fam how to do the mobilization that you know you had done for you and they did it I taped it up and then got any shoes and I was I was totally fine after that and so then I would like that actually helped a bit to keep me from panicking so if I had little aches and pains pop up I was just like okay you know you can treat yourself and then i treated my hiking partner a lot yeah (laughs) too um but yeah so that whole like i get it that moment something hurts and you feel like your hike is over is a big deal but the the most common stuff is definitely just like foot and ankle things like that um a little bit like probably the next most common is the hip and then the third most common is the knees which i think most people assume the knees are going to be like oh everybody's got knee problems but really not really it was just more foot and hip than than anything which that kind of surprised me too yeah that's that's really interesting i would have thought foot number one like foot and ankle maybe number one hips maybe just because i've never had any problems with my hips but i would have i wouldn't have even thought of that to be honest i would have probably gone shoulder before even hips you know from carrying a backpack or whatever but i don't know that's that's interesting um I want to talk about the cuboid thing just a little bit. So I think the biggest thing that that you told me in that call that helped, well, besides referring me to the physical therapist who could actually do the adjustment, 
um, that made the biggest difference. But I, you, you told me this like I don't even know what to call it, uh, exercise for the lack of a better word, where I would pretty much just push on the cuboid bone and try to like kind of nudge it back into place. Because for those that don't know, um, which I should probably not be the one on this call defining this right now, but cuboid syndrome my understanding is basically the bone just gets in your foot just gets a little bit like out of place um and so morgan showed me this thing where i would just press on it and you know kind of press on it for like a minute or two and that would kind of nudge it back into place and i remember the day that i hiked out of idlewild which was where i was when we had our call um i already was noticing a difference like i was i was buzzing let me tell you i was so pumped i was so happy um it's crazy. The cuboid, what a weird, what a weird thing. I'm so glad you were able to properly diagnose that for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it, sometimes it is just that simple. That's why that's actually one of my favorite diagnoses because it hurts so bad, but it actually gets better so fast. Uh, where like tendonitis has a little longer management period. Cuboid is like, we can just get that thing back into situated, then you should be good to go. Mm-hmm. So going back to some of these like more common injuries, what are like a lot of the causes? Well, actually, let me rephrase that. Um, what are, if any, some of the mistakes that you think hikers are making that are causing these common injuries, I guess is a better, a better way of saying it. How can they be prevented? You know, not treated necessarily, but how can they just be prevented uh, in the first place? So... This is a great place to mention that I wrote an ebook about this in general um, because there were really specific injury trends. And so, like the first 800 miles, there was a lot of the same either mistakes or like cluster of factors that were leading to these injuries. And they were things like, um, uh, like, let's use Tachby. That's always my favorite example because, I mean, when I tell you the shin splints and anterior tip tendonitis was like, an epidemic in Tehachapi um and it, I just I was like okay what what the hell is everyone doing like what's happening that everyone shin hurts in Tehachapi I mean I was treating like 10 shins a day I've started to feel like I was losing it because it I just the same thing over and over and <laughs> so I like thought back to when I did the trail and then just was talking to hikers and I'm hearing the same thing over and over and it was this set of circumstances where you know you come out of Wrightwood, which is, you know, mile like 360, something like that. And then Tatchby is around 500. So we got 140 miles where everything is just going down the tubes here for people's shins. And after you come out of Wrightwood, there's this big descent. It's like the longest descent you have other than San Jacinto in that early stretch. And it's also now like week four for most people. So, you know, people are pretty good about that first two weeks, not going to too fast out of the gate although there are certainly people that go too fast too soon and then i'm usually um seeing them a little earlier in trail and being like oh you might have just overdid it (laughs) and then they just have to reel it Mm -hmm. in a little but you know a lot of people are pretty calculated that first two weeks and so then they bump it up that third week and going into Wrightwood, and then that third week goes pretty good so then it's all downhill coming out of Wrightwood, or well mostly downhill and so there's that, well, let's just bump it up again. And so now they've bumped up twice in a two-week period. And so that increased mileage, all that downhill, uh, the aqueduct, and the big water carries, and still wearing the first pair of shoes 
put all those things together and it was just crushing people's shins. So there, and all those things are modifiable, right? Like just, right. Like, so just don't go so fast downhill, shorter steps, get new shoes, um, a little bit sooner, you know, don't, don't bump your mileage up in that section. Just wait until after chat for you to bump up again. Um, like all those things are super modifiable. So that was kind of, I noticed that for several different towns and injuries in the first 800 miles. So that's where I just wrote a whole ebook about it. So that way people, hopefully this year, just prevent way more injuries from those, those kind of mistakes. That's, that's so funny. I, if I recall correctly, um, my friend Brandon, who's been on the show a few times now, uh, in the last month or month or two, he had shin splints in that section of trail from Wrightwood to to Hatchapi. So that is that is so funny. I mean, it's not funny. It sucks. <laughs> shin splints suck, but it's just you're spot on. Um, this is what I'm saying. Morgan, she knows what she's doing. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Um, one last question about the business before we get into our end of episode story. So it sounds like things went pretty well for the most part. Um, I am just curious if there's anything that you're going to do maybe differently this upcoming season um, in terms of, you know, doing your thing. Um, Anything you're going to do differently, uh, anything that's going to change, anything you wish you would have done differently last year. Um, Can you just talk about that a little bit? Because I'm just so fascinated by this it sounds so corporate i hate to say business model but you know what i mean like i just think it's such a good idea um so yeah anything you would have done differently anything you're going to do differently this upcoming year yeah a few things so the biggest difference is i have a new van so because last season i had saved all this yeah i had my my first van for five years and you know lived in it most of those five years so that helped me you know, save money and all that jazz. And so I went into trail with that savings and then didn't end up having to use it. So I still wanted to use that savings to, to push this business forward. Now that I know it's like, you know, this is the path I'm on and I need to have a van that is going to sustain it. And so, you know, my van has a lot of miles and it's pretty small. And so I'm, it's, I still have it like for sale. I haven't listed it anywhere, but I mean, it is for sale. So if anybody wants to buy a red Nissan van, it is for sale. But <laughs> I, I I got a Ford Transit, um, extra long, extra tall, you know, just, just the real, a real big one. And yeah. it's still red. So, it, you know, it sticks with the whole blaze thing nice. of, of the red van. <laughs> and um, inside of it, the layout is big enough that I now have like a seven foot bench and so I can treat hikers in the van. So in like inclement weather or just like really random places, like, uh, I don't know, like I was, I've just treated people on like the side of the road before. So it's like <laughs> places yeah. like that will have a, a place to go. Um, and then I'll just be more comfortable to having a better living setup. So, so that'll be a big difference. And then, um, you know, I said that I think I'm going to try to use my Jane app um emr program instead of you know the google docs and the um various different video call platforms just to try to streamline things a little bit free up some more of my time and then um i think too just the mindset of you know last summer 
every day I had no idea how it was going to go. Like I had no idea if I'd ever make another dollar, if I would ever treat another hiker. And so there's a little bit of that feast or famine. And I think that's business ownership in general. You never really know when your next dollar is coming. And so, you know, I'm going to try to relax a little more this season and um, have, I, I still, I know I never really had to turn down a hiker last summer. I usually could always make it work to see them either virtually or in person. And I don't plan to just start turning down hikers, but I do plan to have a little more um, structure in my day, kind of make sure I'm recharging my battery so I can make sure yeah, that this stays sustainable. Definitely. I don't want to pour, can't pour from an empty cup, you know, so I'm going to try to have a little different structure mm-hmm. in my days. And then I'm also trying to learn to do better at content creating. I've gotten into that in this off season some, and I just, uh, uh, he goes by meow meow on trail. He works with Darwin, but I met him on in 2019. He hiked with us for a couple of weeks and I texted him the other day and I was like, Hey man, I want a camera. I need to like get off my iPhone here and start like making better content so I can start helping hikers all over in different trails with like things they can just consume to help themselves a little bit more, you know, whether free paid, just different tiers of stuff. So that way more people can get good help. And so he, he was so great. He, um, texted me back and he's like, okay, well, um, ask all these follow-up questions. And then, you know, we went back and forth and he goes, do you have time for a FaceTime call? And I was like, yeah, that's fine for me. <laughs> he talked to me for like an hour and a half. And just now I have like, he added an extra camera that he was thinking about selling, but still kind of holding on to. And so he, you know, sold me his camera, got me set up with a microphone. He's going to like teach me how to use it. And so, you know, I'm excited to mix in a little bit of like content creating while I'm out on trail this summer. So then, you know, people in, in on trails in places I'm not licensed or, you know, that just want to help themselves a little more, I can start working towards like having these like better quality content things available that, that they can use and help themselves. Yeah, definitely. And if um, I, I would highly recommend everybody go follow uh, Blaze Physio on Instagram. Is it just at Blaze Physio? Yeah. Yeah, definitely go go follow her there. Um, I mean, it's it's you know the best place to get in contact with her, I would assume. But also, or just one of the best, anyways. But also, yeah, I, I've I've been following her page for a while, and she's been posting these reels and and various things about just like injury prevention and all this other really cool stuff. So I'll have a link to her Instagram in the uh, show notes, and you should definitely go follow her. With that said, we're getting towards the end here. So Morgan. It's time for a story. I gave Morgan a little bit less than, or a little bit more than twelve hours notice <laughs> that she had to come up with a story. But it sounds, it sounds like she, she has a, she has a good one. So, Morgan, end of the episode story. Take it away. All right. So this was the the story that changed the trajectory of our through hike. So I mentioned that we did a flip flop. Um, it was a little less clean than that. We actually had skipped the Sierra. And we're just going to go in NorCal, hike north, then come back and go south and finish the Sierra. And so that's what we did. We were in NorCal and we made it as far as Crater Lake. And at that point, we hitched up to Bend for the 4th of July. My hiking partner kicked a log while she was uh, celebrating the holiday and she (laughs) ripped a toenail off. And 
like the rational being that she oh. is, she didn't just stay in town while her toe was clearly hurting. She wanted to get back to the trail with this throbbing toe. So we got this like crazy hour and a half hitch back to Crater Lake all in one hitch. We walked like a hundred feet and it's like mosquito hell at this point too. Like just, just really bad mosquito season. And so we're walking, swarmed by mosquitoes, hundred feet, our ride's gone. She starts crying and she's like, I can't walk on this toe. It hurts so bad. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, and man. she, she, she at that point was like, I'm going to have to go home. I have to quit. I can't, you know, this is, this isn't going to work. And I'm just like, you're not going home over a toenail, but like, we're also not going to sit in the woods and be attacked by thousands of mosquitoes while you cry about this toe. Like, let's go back out to the road and get, get out of the woods and figure out what we're going to do. So we go out to the, to the road and these two like 75 year old guys come out um, and they had been um, uh, peak bagging by Crater Lake and they had backpacks. They didn't look like through hikers. And, but I just kind of asked them like, Hey, are you through hikers or like, what, what are you guys doing? And they were like, Oh, like we just finished up. And and then, you know, you can imagine the position now these two older guys are in that two young girls on the side of the road, one clearly in distress are in whenever I say like, Hey, can we have a ride? Like, do you have a car? And they were just like, but you know, they kind of looked at us like, this feels like a trap. And <laughs> so they, they, they called their wives and they were like, okay, here's the situation. Their wives were like, help those girls. And so they pick yeah. us up and we, we just wanted to get to town. And then it turned out they were going to Vancouver, Washington, where they live. And we were like, okay, could you actually just take us to Vancouver? Because at that point we were like, you know what? The mosquitoes are terrible this is going to mess up our whole timeline. Cause I had like wedding to get to, we're like, let's just go to the Northern border now. Cause it's July, the snow has melted and let's just sobo this mm-hmm. thing. And so they took us all the way to Washington and we stayed with them for like wow. three days. We met their um, dad was like 90 or no, what was he? Was he 97 or no, he was a hundred. He was 103. He was 103. Wow. He was 103, and then Damn. he died at 107, so he recently passed at 107. But he had hiked Mount St. Helens at 99 years old. And <laughs> they, they like, wow. right, like, this family was just so unique. They were, they had been vegans for, like, 40 years plus, all of them. Um, the 103-year-old father was a family doctor for by trade. He stayed up till midnight with us, like, totally with it, hanging functional like wow how how you would envision a 65 year old this was a 103 year old that was like this and so just like this unbelievable family that really made an impact on us and then from there we you know connected with a trail angel named mad baker who who also unfortunately passed this season which was unexpected but he gave us a ride up to um the terminus and we were able to just do a sobo hike and all of our like logistical problems were solved at that point. We had a nice smooth Sobo hike. Wow. We met like our favorite people we had met on trail at that point. We're all in the Sobo crowd. And it just totally like it like when I said nothing went according to plan and it was so much better. It was like all because she ripped her toenail off on a log. We just had this like big <laughs> and then change it all of just course. Kinda... Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, and it was so great. Like, I think I it's a great change one thing about it. I think that's why, like, it's so important 
for people just to be flexible when they're through hiking. Like things very rarely go according to plan and you just got to go with it sometimes. And it usually all works out. So that's such a great story. Uh, Morgan, thank you so much for, for taking the time. Thank you for saving my through hike. I'll say, um, yeah, just, just thank you. And so once again, the Instagram is at blaze physio, um, is there anywhere else you want to direct people to the website maybe? Yeah, website's just blazephysio.com. Pretty much like all social medias. I've started dabbling with TikTok and uh all of the just all of it, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, website, all of it's Blaze Physio. Cool. I'll have a uh I'll have a link to the Instagram and the uh, website as well in the show notes. I highly suggest that everyone go follow Morgan once again, even if you're not planning on through hiking the PCT, even if you're just a casual day hiker, even there's going to be some, some good info for you there when it comes to, to injury prevention and all this stuff. So that's going to do it. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Morgan, one more time. And, uh, we'll be back next week. Peace.